guys, it's LJ. How y'all doing tonight? Or, you know, whenever you listen. <laughs> For me, it's night. Um, I seem to really get a lot of good thinking done in the middle of the night these days. Um, and I wanted to reach out and uh, talk about some stuff. First of all, make sure you guys please like, rate, review, share, um, support me, help me help you. Uh, make sure and uh, donate to my GoFundMe, give me some Venmo money, and for sure pray for me um, and uh, send me your love. Today, uh, like every day in my life, our lives was filled with ups and downs, moments of pure joy and bliss and really some impossible pain. Um, if you've listened to any of my other episodes that I've published thus far, you'll, you'll hear, uh, you know, some of, some of what I'm working through, um, what I'm sitting through and, and uh, what I've been through. And today, well, I'm working on my bankruptcy and getting the paperwork from my lawyer at Castle Law, Jason Amarine. And it's a lot. <laughs> it is, one, expensive to be poor in this country. And it feels like it is gatekeeped a lot of times. Um, where unless you have money and means and abundance already and privilege, you really struggle um, or could struggle getting the help that you need. Now, let me explain that a little bit from a personal level, and then I'm going to get into some lots of things. So, <laughs> so my stepmom um, is actively dying. Her name's Anna. And she is one of the hardest workers that I have ever known. <laughs> she helped keep our family afloat, um, by working her ass off and never stopping. Um, and I love her so much, <laughs> so, so much. And I thought about her today, and I actually thought about my dad, who, um, Jerry Dean, my adoptive dad, who has passed away. Um, and like I said, my stepmom's about to die. To be honest, she might have already died. Um, so I, I just, uh, I hold space for that. Um, just not in a strange relationship, just not, we're just not actively in each other's lives. So two things came to me today as I was getting literally like pages and pages and like, I mean, you have to have like, like six months, I think of bank statements, I, had, I wrote it down. And let me tell you, I am, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm quick. Um, and it is, it's, it was overwhelming for me today. I am no longer disassociating. I'm in a good mental health spot. I have support. And it broke me today. I had to take a couple hour nap, which is not like me. 
I took a bath. I had to call a friend, <laughs> um, pray a whole lot, sit with myself, sit through the feelings, ask why this was so hard, why it was so, when, it, when, when one, I'm not embarrassed to do it. I had $33,000 in credit card debt. There ain't no way I was going to get out of that with what I made. And anyway, <clears throat> but it was, it was really challenging and it really triggered me. And I thought, why, 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 why? And I thought of my stepmom and my dad, and I thought about them foreclosing on their home, having multiple cars repossessed, us moving multiple, I mean, y'all, like, I, I cannot count how many places I've lived in my life, maybe, and this is, this is a low ball, and I'm serious, 20 different places, Pro absolutely more than that, as I'm thinking about it, in my entire 41 years, so yeah, like, I grew up it with a lack scarcity mindset, um, one that was imposed upon us for reasons. I'm going to leave it there for now. I'm going to get into a lot of that in, as, as we sit and talk tonight. But yeah, Anna came up to me and my dad, Jerry Dean, came to me today, both of them. Love him so much. I love my daddy. I miss him so much. I really do. He is such a good man. He was an alcoholic, much like myself. I'm in recovery. I'm recovered. And he, he made many attempts to do that. In fact, the day that I came home from the hospital or well, from, from foster care, cause I was adopted. Um, it was the day my dad got out of rehab. He went inpatient. Um, I believe if I remember that correctly, of course that was told to me. So he made his attempts and man, what a good soul. He's native American. And even though I wasn't born from his DNA necessarily, I have his ancestry in me. And as I sat down to, to, to work on my own bankruptcy today, I just thought about collector calls that I got. I've gotten my entire adult life, not my own. I've always paid my bills up until I decided I couldn't. <laughs> And I wasn't going to, and I got fired um, and chose bankruptcy, which is, <laughs> I cannot wait until that is finalized. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Come on, bring it to me. Bring me that freedom. Bring me that start over. Because you see, I used to, I get, to this day, literally, I just don't answer them. I get collection calls from my stepmom and my dad, decisions they've made. Other members of the family actually get collection calls from them for them because you see when you're poor when you're forgotten about by society you don't they say you have an option but you don't my family never ever filed for bankruptcy and started over why they didn't know about it. I, I didn't even know about it or I would have done it years ago. I mean that. I would have done it the minute I moved to Atlanta from Kansas City. You know, now I'm back in Kansas City. But I would have done it way back then. You know, I had I did a debt consolidation thing and it was $323 a month, and which is a car payment. I had two car payments at the time, <laughs> let alone XYZ bills, right? 
I paid that all off. And then I got in the same spot again where I'm at now. The point I'm trying to make is that my family from a little town called Carrollton, Missouri, they don't have the same options as a lot of people do. The, the, the people who you hear in the news, read about maybe, I'm not going to name names, doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry who filed bankruptcy over and over and over and over again, gotten out, just been like, oops, get to keep their money, get to buy, have more abundance. You know, that's, that's me. That's what I'm ushering in. That's what I've ushered in. But they, those kinds of affluent people, if you will, for lack of better word right now, have privilege. A lot of times they're white dudes. And people like my family who are forgotten about in small towns don't have the same privilege at all. And so I thought about Anna and Jerry Dean today. And reconnected with their spirits. I haven't even looked at my notes yet. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stop there. Because I found another really cool thing in my, my basement. That I just moved into of this place. And it was a deck of cards. Backyard birds playing cards. And actually there's an email address, I think somewhere on this and I'm going to email these people and I'm just going to tell them, thank you. This is an old, I mean, this card, this playing card has been, deck has been used over and over again it is old. And so I pulled one of those cards today because there are a lot of birds in my backyard and in this neighborhood that I live in and Longfellow here in Kansas city. And I pulled a card and um, I'm going to have to toggle over to my, uh, I'm on my phone, so I'll have to toggle over to the interwebs for a minute because there's something I want to read over there. But the card I pulled was an ace of spades, and it is the common red pull. And I pulled it this morning, and it's a beautiful bird, a little fatty, uh, looks kind of like a robin, I thought to myself as I looked at it, has a pink belly and like a pink head. And I was like, this bird is so cool. And I, th- and I hadn't really put this together once I grabbed these cards from the basement the other day. Um, that my daddy, Jerry Dean, because uh, we'll talk about other dads in my life because I was adopted in, in any way. But Jerry Dean was a avid bird watcher. I mean, he would, <laughs> I mean, I used to think, God, how can he just like sit there and just like look out the window at birds and be fascinated? He had like, this beautiful bird bath that he built and the hummingbird feeders. And he really, the, um, one of the last, was the last place that I lived with him in Sugar Creek. <laughs> um, he had a beautiful, the house that, that was foreclosed, but he, he built this beautiful backyard so he could watch his birds. 
And as I pulled this card and I looked at this bird, I was like, common red pole. Okay, well, I don't know very much about this, so I'm going to Google it. And so I did. And then I kind of went down the interwebs and was like, wait, hold on. Let me, let me, let me do some more research. And so I went out on my back porch. It's a beautiful back porch. I, I, again, I said, we're so high. It's four floors. I look over the entire neighborhood and I have lots of birds that come over to me. And there was a bird that literally came and sat. My, my kitten Vinny was, was out there watching him and, you know, I had to be like, Vinny, don't forget, you know, birds are not food. They're our friends. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kicked him off and put him back inside. And I went back out to this bird and I and I was like, man, that kind of looks like that common red pole. And so anyway, it led me to try to figure out and identify this bird. And I'm still not 100 percent sure what kind of bird this was, if it was a finch or a sparrow. And so I pulled up how to differentiate between finches and sparrows. And I'm just going to read this little blurb here because I started to go down the, the, the realm of like, oh, my God, I, you know, I'm stupid. I can't figure this out. And I was like, wait a minute. This is how you learn. And so birders often struggle to distinguish the streaky bound birds, lumping them together with nicknames like LBJs for little brown jobs. Um, it's truly challenging to sort out the many species and variations of birds that are small brownish and streaked. As always, one of the best strategies for understanding the variability and reaching an identification is to recognize broader groups of species. Two of the most prominent groups of streaky brown birds are the sparrows and the finches. Both have conical bills for eating seeds and are mainly small and brownish with a streak pattern. <laughs> they are classified as two different families, which are not very closely related and the fundamental differences between them can be obvious once you know what to look for. Once you know what to look for. That really struck me. I also, um, as I do every day, uh, pulled some cards and went to some of my spiritual text books. And uh, one of the tarot cards I pulled today was the two of wands. And I have a and I promise I'll, I'll try to remember to give you guys, I'll direct you all back to these eventually because I, I use them every day. But this one is the uh, Shadowscapes Companion. And it is stunning. They're beautiful. It's all purple. Purple's one of my favorite colors. They're fairies. And it's just like this whimsical, beautiful imagery. And even how the author wrote, um, it's, it's just so poetic and it really struck me. So I'm going to read it to you and hopefully y'all get a little bit out of it too. My foot's going to sleep. Hold on. I got to wiggle it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I just thought of a song, but I'm not going to sing it to you because I want to stay on, on task. <laughs> Actually, I'll sing it to you. It's a, it's a, I think it's a jazz bit. It's like elephant stepped on my foot. Mm. Elephant stepped on my foot. I'll have to Google that song because that's definitely in my brain. I just can't remember <laughs> what that one is. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> Let me get a drink of water too. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the two of wands. It's a beautiful image of a lion 
and a woman who it has no top on and is brown skinned, kind of maybe Native American. So I think I related to her through my dad. And there are two cats sitting down in the image and it's this swirling yellow sky with, with looks like a moon or some sort of a celestial planet. And what they have to say about this really spoke to me, so I'm going to read it. She surveys the lands that lie before her. This is her domain. It is filled with her subjects, and she's ruled over all the eye can see from this high vantage point, as have her ancestors before her. For a moment, her sight hazes. And she sees a vision of what she might accomplish in the years to come. Having been granted this power, at last, this is the chance to bring her dreams to fruition and to build the reality that she has long envisioned for. She knows she must grasp the reins of power tightly. She must be bold and certain and unwavering and the path that she etches for her people. For there are those who would be swift to pounce and to take her place should weakness be detected. Her companion, the lion, knows his place as king of the beasts. He embodies courage and authority. From the pinnacle, he boldly stares down any who dare to challenge the two of them. He lifts his mighty head, shakes back the fiery, crackling mane, and his roar rings out across the valley as if to mark the farthest edges of their domain within the reach of his voice. The Two of Wands is the emblem of personal power and influence, authority and courage. Now is the time to be bold and inventive and not to shy away from doing what is necessary, but also be aware of letting the intoxication of power cloud the mind and judgment. I also uh, picked up my book. I think I quoted him last night too, uh, The Untethered Soul, Michael Singer. And I turned to a page um, today that really spoke to me, and I'm just going to read it to you. And there's a word in here that's really hard to say. I practiced it, but we'll see how it comes out, y'all. <laughs> it is what it is, right? <clears throat> Sometimes words are hard to say. <laughs> now you guess who God wants to hang out with. One of the ancient names for God in, in the yogic tra tradition Okay, here it goes, is Satchodani Don, um, which means eternal conscious bliss. God is ecstasy. God is as high as it gets. <laughs> if you want to be close to God, learn to be joyful. If you remain spontaneously happy and centered, no matter what happens, you will find God. That's the amazing part. <laughs> Yes, you'll find happiness, but that's nothing compared to what you're really going to find. I live by an airport. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the airplane. 
Once you have passed through trial by fire and you are thoroughly convinced that you will let go no matter what, then the veils of the human mind and heart will fall away. You will stand face to face with what is beyond you because there is no longer a need for you. When you are done playing with the temporal and finite, you will open to the eternal and infinite. Then the word, in quotes, happiness, can't describe your state. <laughs> That's where words like ecstasy, bliss, liberation, nirvana, and freedom come in. The joy becomes overwhelming and your cup runneth over. That is a beautiful path. Be happy. Um, <clears throat> when I was living back in Atlanta with, with my, uh, my three roommates, <laughs> uh, a lot of people came in and out of that house, but I'll say my favorite ones were, uh, oh, look, I can't really, I, I don't want no one to get mad who listens to this, but I, I lived with two plumbers and, uh, and a beautiful gay man. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, I like to think that I was the princess, like Princess Peach and, and, and the plumbers were my Mario and Luigi. <laughs> and um, one of the, you know, those those days were really uh, bittersweet. We lived through the pandemic together. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll leave it at that. But I really started to tap into my spirituality in that home. Um you know, talked about my therapist, Maya, in the last, in the last episode. Um, <clears throat> but we all, the people that live there, we all created a sacred space. And uh, part of that was connecting with um, a writer from my uh, recovery group that I also spoke with, you know, about in the last episode. And uh, her name's Charlotte uh, Dune. Uh, that's her pin name and uh, she's got lots of really good shit out there. So y'all, you know, like follow, I'll tag her for sure. In fact, I tagged her already in my stories in my Instagram, which is uh, inside out enchanted self care. <laughs> and I signed up for uh, a group that she was having a writing group that she was hosting um, in that home in Atlanta, that sacred space that I'd created. And um, one of the exercises that we did was a gratitude breathwork course. Um, and I, it, I did it. We signed up for it in, in November 30th, 2020. So, uh, you know, in the, in the height of the pandemic, again, COVID is still real. Uh, wear a mask. In fact, <laughs> someone that I'm going to talk about a lot tonight, his name's Ben Folds, um, he had a cancel concert uh, just now. It's not the first one he's canceled because of COVID. Because um, he had COVID and he has COVID now. And uh, it was actually a really big concert that, like, I was hoping to, you know, be a part of, even if I couldn't have been there. You know, I've been there in spirit. He was playing with the National Symphony Orchestra in, in New York, and he had canceled it for everyone's safety. There, I think, I think I read on his Instagram today earlier that there were there were 96 musicians that were going to be on stage let alone the entire symphony hall, let alone Ben, right? 
so yeah, I signed up for this course. Um, I'll stretch my legs out. Stretch my little feet out here. <laughs> ah, getting settled, y'all. We're going to take another drink real quick. Just drinking ice water tonight. So I signed up for this gratitude breath work course of Charlotte's and um, honestly, I didn't finish it. Uh, my mental health got bad and I stepped away. Cool, right? Sometimes it just happens, y'all. Mental health is health, similar to COVID. Okay, XYZ on that. Um, but yeah, this. I, I, so I, I, again, I just happened to be going through some paperwork today, you know, some old notes and journals and, and whatnot. And I read this gratitude list, this manifestation list that I created back in 2020, November 2020. <laughs> and every single one of these, there's, there are five points that I wrote down. Every single one of them are true right now in my life. I'm a powerful manifester. You all are too. What we think we create, I'm going to talk a lot about that in this podcast episode. So I'm just going to read you the five things. Number one, <laughs> opportunity to continue to work from home. Done. <laughs> Was working from home at my corporate job that I just got fired from. Again, I'd love you to uh, donate to those GoFundMes and Venmo that are in my links. Um, really would help me a lot. Get this passion project, continue to get it off, off the ground and be able to afford to take care of myself. So to continued opportunity to work from home, done. And this one is <laughs> lots of time to spend with Elfie. <laughs> oh, E, who is my, my dog who just died. Um, who I just had to put to sleep. Laps of Love came out in Kansas City. If y'all need hospice care for your pet or, you know, it's it's time to help them cross the Rainbow Bridge, call them. They'll come to your home. They'll, they, they help create a beautiful doggy funeral. So I got to spend, since the pandemic started, it was, I remember it was the 13th. I think it was March 13th, 2020 was the last day we were in the office in Atlanta. And from that day until Elfie died, just just a, you know a month or so ago, times a little bit wobbly, a couple months ago, um, I got to spend every day with her. How magical, truly, y'all. Y'all who start working from home, or work from home, or entrepreneurs from home, get to be with your babies—not just your furry babies, but your literal babies, your your human babies, your you get to have space to create how you want, you know, you can, maybe if you're, if you are not coupled up, you, you love that alone time. I sure do. So lots of time with, with, with E and now it's river song and Vinny. I wrote down a T. I'm not sure why I wrote down a T. Uh, anyway, uh, so lots of time to spend with your loved ones. I, I manifested that next one. Number three, <laughs> three is a good number for me. Deeper spirituality meditation practice done. I started to create it the minute. Well, the minute that I, that I spoke it, it was done. Number four, this one's huge. Awareness of my trauma and release. 
done. I've done the work. It has been messy. I'll keep talking about it. I keep holding space for it because trauma is trauma is trauma. But I have awareness of it and I've released it and I release it every day. And the last one, number five, is where we're at right now, y'all. Desire to create, in parentheses, podcast. (laughs) And it is awesome. Moving that paper on. Move on. He's on down. He's on down the road. Any Wiz fans out there? So, as all this is coming to me today, you know, bankruptcy, in this new beautiful home that I've manifested, abundance that I'm manifesting and manifested, asking for your help in, then slipping into just like overwhelm <laughs> and tired, you know. Um, I'm working really hard on this podcast. It's it's my baby too, y'all. I was reminded of a podcast that I'd listened to of, of my friend Ben Folds again. Um, I can't remember the name of the podcast. It's also the name of his book. Something about lightning bugs. <laughs> uh, he also has a southern draw, damn it. I, look, I I admit it, okay? Obviously, I have a southern I have a southern accent, okay? Fine. I do. I admit it. It's fine. I'm not going to There's also a song that Ben does. I'm not going to take a class to lose my southern accent and then We all yell no at him and no. So it's charming, right? (laughs) But anyway, I I was, I was led to this podcast episode that, um, of his that featured an anthropologist. Um, and I was thought, I thought of my dad again for reasons I'm about to tell you. Um, but the anthropologist's name, let's see if I wrote it down. Shit. Uh, Augustine, uh, Fuentes. A-G-U-S-T-I-N-F-U-E-N-T-E-S. And, um, yeah, so we'll stop there. That's the, the, it's an interview podcast. It's really great. Please go listen to it. You can Google it, put it on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast shit, you can find it. So I was led to this podcast episode again. I'd already listened to it, but I was reminded of it. And I was reminded of it because started talking about, thinking about my daddy again, Jerry Dean. And, um, I, right out of high school, I went to community college. Metropolitan Community College is here. It's still here in uh, Kansas City. In fact, there's, um, a branch of the school just down the street from me on, um, yeah, just down the street from me. And so I think about it that a lot already. Um, but I went to Metropolitan Community College out in Longview, out in Lee Summit. And uh, I was really excited about learning, just learning, right? And I, I, I played with a few things of what I wanted to do, you know, when I growed up. <laughs> and one of the the thing that I really was passionate about was cultural anthropology, which is um, the, it's concerned with the study of human societies and cultures and their development. Um, I'm passionate, I'm so passionate about that today. Um, 
and so I signed up for just a general anthropology class out there. I also signed up for a jazz composition class out there. Um, two two of, of my huge huge passions to this day. I'm focus on the, the anthropology class. Though I did get real sassy with the jazz composition class, class and yelled out some sassy shit like, I know what syncopation is. It's three. <laughs> you just go real fast and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I remember my professor just like laughing at me being like, you right, girl? You, you sure you need to be in this composition class? I was like, yes, sir. I need to learn shit. <laughs> and unfortunately, I quit both those classes that semester. Um, because my dad died, Jerry Dean, um, and he died because of lack of health care and being able to afford to go to the doctor and fear of, of death, of just fear. He had prostate cancer um, when I was a kid. And um, I guess what I was told, what I remember is it's really hard to get clean lines and with prostate cancer. And it comes back often. And, and you know, you just you, if you if you get it, you get treated, you go back. If you go if you can afford, if you have insurance to go back to the doctor, Western Med, they help you. Right. But my daddy, we I mean, we, we were poor. You know, we didn't have health care. In fact, I had to go to a dental van in the back of my elementary school to get dental work done. And one time, this is a true story, uh, and it happened, but I had a filling done. It was a very small filling, probably very, very just, you know, surface level, um, without any kind of numbing agent. For real, I did. And I have lots of fears of the dentist for reasons but that one is 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 awful. So, yeah, we didn't have health insurance, y'all. And so my daddy didn't go back. He didn't go back uh, ever really to the doctor. His teeth were also terrible. Ground ground them down. I also grind my teeth uh, when I'm stressed. Sorry, I didn't think this was going to be. <laughs> I didn't think all that those stories were going to come out. Those aren't on my notes. So. So, yeah, so he uh, had prostate cancer. This is how he died, uh, you know, when I was in this anthropology class, about to really start to finally come into my own power, my own intelligence, my own passion for learning, for growth, for music, for culture. Because, you see, his cancer came back, and he... It'd been back for a real long time. Um, he'd been in pain for a real long time. It was in his bones. And uh, he had back pain, and that was actually the what led him to finally go to the doctor. He was a local truck driver here in, in Independence, where, Independence Sugar Creek area where I grew up. And uh, anyway, he was in so much pain, he finally had to go to the doctor and that's probably part of the debt collectors that call me still in my family's names. And he got, yeah, I mean, it just, it was like that. He, he died. I mean, and it was, 
I remember going down to Carrollton and visiting him and Anna uh, in their home down there. They couldn't afford any longer to live in the quote unquote big city of Sugar Creek Independence, not even Kansas City where I live. And I went down to visit him. I still have a picture. I can vision, vision it now. I just cut all of my hair off, like, into a straight pixie cut, like, real short, like, probably an inch and a half, maybe two inches. Because of drama with my ex, which I won't get into. But that also played a part of why I quit school, too. Actually, no, it was when he told me he cheated on me, and that's when I cut my hair off. And I have a picture of my daddy, and he still had his hair because he didn't go through any kind of treatment, any chemo or anything like that, because he died real quick. And uh, I have a picture of us, (laughs) and he has long hair, and I have short hair, and it's like the opposite, right, (laughs) of what, like, we normally have had in our life. And it's a, it's a cherished photo. And I remember um, a few things. I remember driving to Carrollton to, um, he was in a hospital there first, and to, to visit him there um, before he got transferred to Kansas City to Independence. What's the name of that hospital? Independ- Sanitarium, there's Independence Regional, and then it's whatever it is now. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going down memory lane now. But I went to the hospital in Carrollton. And the one thing I remember is I got a sonic drink and I I filled it up with, uh, well, I dumped half of, like maybe half of it out, filled it up with some liquor um, and listened to Gnarls Barkley's Crazy. And I actually just kept playing each song, song after song after song that made me happy. But that one is the one that stuck out. I went down there in that little hospital and uh, daddy was so sick, had pneumonia, couldn't breathe very well. That's why they transferred him up, up to Independence. And it was a tragic, impossible, and beautiful memory because music was there for me. And there's this long road that you drive down to Carrollton, and it's a bridge. I actually did a report on it in fourth grade <laughs> of the Missouri River and this actual bridge and the flooding of the Missouri River. And, and I cross that bridge, and there's it's just you drive down this long road of just, like, fields of, like, gold, if you will. Beautiful song, too. Sting, Right? Corn, rows of corn, rows of like just America, like working hard, providing food, abundance, nourishment, you know, and it was like it was guiding me to the hospital. We get there and we sit with daddy and, you know, he he's OK. We had good conversation. We laughed, you know, my ex and I drove back. He was really good that day, you know, and really good that day. And yeah, so we get back and it's impossible and it's uncomfortable and daddy ends up coming back to independence and 
it gets bad and, you know, and it's, my dad feels like he has all this stuff to apologize for, but I'm like in the midst of my own trauma, my own muck, my own mire, my own fuckery. But what I remember, two things, one, well, a few, a lot of things. One, I remember sitting with him right before he died, the day that he died, the night that he died, and sitting with him and not really understanding what he was apologizing for, but intuitively knowing and just like not being, a, being as present as I could in the moment. And he apologized for everything that he thought that he had done some things that he had done to harm me sure he's an alcoholic there were some really scary fights and moments and things but never abuse never abuse like hitting or like things like that just just scary moments of of being drunk and I remember sitting with him and him apologizing just this beautiful moment of connectiveness of, of finality, of see you later, dad, of energy just moving and passing because his energy is here right now with me. And I remember walking out of his hospital room, my ex looking up at, at, at his vitals because, you know, they put them up on the, the screen right outside of like an ICU. And him saying to me, LJ, are you sure you want to leave? Because this will be your last moment if you leave now. And I looked at him. I said, let's go get drunk. I can't. I'm done. And it was the right choice. I don't, I regretted that for a while. Um, This is going to be a long episode. This is going to be a two-parter for sure. But I I regretted that for so long. And I, I don't anymore. Because you know what that is? Staying in your window of tolerance. And I left. And I went and drank with my ex and one of his good friends. <laughs> I believe he lives in Chicago now with his wife and kids and beautiful soul. <laughs> and I got, we got real drunk. I think we got drunk on the plaza. I think Zocalo is where we were at on the country club plaza. And yeah, went home and I got that, that death call in the middle of the night. Like I had before when I used to work at the funeral home, used to take death calls in the middle of the night, man called uncle Mike smoke like a chimney. <laughs> he'd always, he'd always call and be like, Hey Mikey, but hey, LJ, or LJ, bleh, bleh. he'd be like, LJ, eh. <laughs> me, uncle Mike, what you doing? I'm like, uh, you know, I was sleeping man's three in the morning. What are you doing? I got a call for you. Okay. And then I would take over from there and he'd go pick up, you know, the body and and I would talk to the the grieving family in the middle of the night. And so I'm used to those calls. And when it came and it wasn't Uncle Mike that day, it was, you know, the hospital um, and told me that my daddy had died. And I was like, all right, (laughs) I knew that was coming. Not even sure I cried that night. See, grief is funny how that works. Not sure if funny is the right word, sure. Because we all handle it differently. We all express it in our own ways. (laughs) And I remember, the next thing I remember is going to Sunfresh in Westport. 
buying me a rotisserie chicken and some watermelon <laughs> and some rice-a-roni because that was my mama's favorite and she she had already died at this point her name her name's Vicky V-I-K-I Vicky 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 <laughs> Vicky Sue And going home and just sitting in the impossible muck, planning his funeral, paying for his funeral because my family couldn't. In fact, I, we couldn't either. I happened to ask another family member for some help, but we, we took care of it, you know. My funeral home took care of it that I used to work at. I'm going to take a break, y'all, and I'm going to come back. Okay, y'all, I'm back. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. Do, 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 I mean, it, it, it'll be seamless when I put this <laughs> this recording out, but, you know, in case y'all needed a laugh, that's a little, little Jeopardy doodah. <laughs> little doodah, little, 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 uh, little ditty, if you will. Uh, hmm. So I am now in my kitchen. Um, I'm going to pace a little bit. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, again, uh, please donate uh, to my GoFundMe. Send me, send me a tip on Venmo. Uh, I, I need a microphone and I, I really need uh, a new computer. I'm working off my phone and my, my awesome headphones I have. They're Beats by Dre. Um, really amazing. Also have a great new, uh, what do I have? <laughs> iPhone 14 pro, uh, to help me take good pictures. So it's, it's great. Uh, and you know, microphone would be nice and a nice computer would help. So, um, thank you for considering that. I appreciate it. So yeah, you know, um, where did I leave off? Daddy, daddy died. Um, we had a beautiful service for him. In, in, you know, their hometown, Carrollton, a little, uh, little funeral home down there called Gibson Funeral Home, took care of us really, really well. Um, he's buried there. can go visit him anytime I want his remains and have, have a place to go. So, um, yeah. So, you know, as I, I'm going to pace, hopefully you can hear me. Microphone check. I see you moving still, so I'm going to keep just kind of walking here. Um, so, you know, as I was thinking about dad and thinking about lack and bankruptcy and shifting from what I have done into an abundant life, uh, which I've created myself, me, myself, and I, I was led to think about anthropology and this podcast episode in particular of Ben's and um, yeah, so I, you know, as I was thinking about this podcast episode, I had a lot of fear come up. I had a lot of pain and trauma, you know, kind of as I talked about earlier. And in this, ep in this podcast episode, Ben and Augustine, what we're talking about the same things that I always say, right? Like it was like Ben was reading my mind, to be honest. Um, and I think that happens a lot with artists that you you can connect with, right? You connect with like a creation and you're part of that creation. Um, and as he, 
as I was remembering this episode today, he talked a lot about um, how society causes writer's block um, and how art helps us to learn to be adults. Um, but really, it helps us to learn how to be human, right? So not like human, you've heard that not humans doing, but humans being, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the focus of that sentiment is collaboration, collabs, as I like to say, because you see humans need others. Collaborations are central, they're spiritual, and they're the key to make the world go round. They help they help the world the world sparkle a little bit more, I think. And creativity is all around us and it's it's ours for the taking. Art is real life, y'all. It creates reality, which what's part of our reality, our economy is 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 one part of our reality. And you know, as as I was talking about earlier about, you know, shifting from, you know, scarcity to abundance, you know, um, and as I've talked about time and time again, and will continue to talk about the truth, that the universe, this world, Mother Earth that we are on right now, this flying rock in the middle of space, Mother Earth is abundant. <laughs> And we have to take steps like LJ has taken steps to create the world that we want to see, the life that we, that we deserve and already have. And as I looked at that abundant uh, list that I shared earlier that I've now, that I'm now living, um, that I've created there, there are steps that we take, that I've taken, that LJ's taken. You know, I've, I've trained my mind. And through, through meditation, through connection with others, through collaboration with others, through community. I have imagined a new reality. We have to collectively imagine a new reality. Yeah, within our mind, of course. The clouds are in our head, you know, merrily, merrily, merrily. What does it go? Life is, is but a dream. I think, I know that another part of that is you have to go slower. At least I did. I could, LJ could not remain in corporate America in the role that I was in and be okay, right? I, I disassociated. Y'all, I ran outside of my new apartment naked because I was so confused and I got time and space messed up in my mind. I'm fine now. You know, I, I've healed. I've worked with an EMDR therapist. I've connected with spiritual leaders. I've set. I have a plan in place. I was even willing, I literally packed my bag and was about to go sit 
maybe I did, go sit on the curb and wait for someone to come help me so I could go to inpatient treatment. I was going to go inpatient. That's how bad I was. Now, I had neighbors who protected me. I had chosen family. My emergency contact, my cousin, protected me, okay? They helped me. They aided me. When you're in a disassociative state, you don't touch someone. So it, it was it was scary, terrifying for me, for them. But you know what? I was willing. I packed my fucking bag. I was going to go to inpatient because you know what I had at the time? Insurance. I don't now. Not yet. I'm okay with that. I feel totally fine in that, safe in that, secure in that. But you have to go at a slower pace. I did. Me, LJ. Have to. Had to. Again, support me, please. Because I know what I'm sharing is truth and valuable. And I need your support. You have to go at a slower pace. We have to slow down. Or it will, it, it, I should be dead, y'all. Believe me, if I fucked with heroin, I don't know if I said this, if I'd done dope, man, I would not be here. If I'd put anything in my veins, other than just drinking a whole shit ton of booze, snorting some blow, you know, I would be dead. Just like the girl that I know is dead. <laughs> that was sex trafficked in front of me. Go back and listen to that. Make sure you read them trigger warnings too. Because at the end of the day, art is the central feature, right? Art creates our reality. Collaboration, community, togetherness creates our reality. The life that we want is ours already, y'all. Energy is fluid. Do you know the reason herbs and, and spiritual practices work when you use them in ritual with intention? Rosemary, sage. That's the other one that Simon and Garfunkel sing about. The reason that they are powerful is not the herb itself. Sure, it is because it grows from Mother Earth. But the real magic is the intention that we put behind it. Relics, old shit, they hold power. In fact, uh, since we're talking about my buddy Ben Folds, <laughs> he plays the piano. I mean, really pretty good. <laughs> Like the best, okay? So I'll, I'll just geek out. I'll be a fangirl for a minute. Sure. Man, he's talented, y'all. But let's say you have a piano that Bach played on. And then you passed it down. You know, you get that piano tuned. There are, there are old pianos out there, you, right? And so Bach plays it. Then XYZ plays it. Then it comes to Binfolds. And he plays it. Right. And then it comes to LJ. Let's say I get a baby grand. I, I already have one, you know, in my mind. So I already have one. Um, and I get that baby grand that that all of these other musicians have touched. 
maybe even musicians who have learned, babies, kids, right? All with intention, correct? So when it comes to LJ and I play it, I have the power of every single other musician literally in my fingertips, literally flowing through me. Energy is fluid. It never leaves us. Our loved ones, our ancestors. I called on a whole bunch of people. I've, I've been solo today, but I called on all of them and they brought me here at 2.22, right? In the morning. It's fluid, y'all. And we get to create the rules, right? In this, this, if you will, new earth that we're that we're working towards, this new vision, this new, this new community, this new collaboration. And some of the rules that I've I've worked on in myself as I've set through my muck and mire, through disassociation, through terrifying just pain and trauma and you have like there are things like my dad's death even just talking about it now the shit that I shared in the last episode about xyz I don't want to re-trigger myself um what was I saying I'm sorry let me back up let me just back it up Terry let me just back it up a minute and take a drink let me remember what I was saying. I think that we get to create these new rules, these new guidelines. I don't even like the name rules. Like, just, we all have choice. And for me, I have to laugh it off, <laughs> right? First and fo- foremost, just, just laugh it off, you know? I... Um, read a, I can't remember now the name of, of, of the text, but in high school, I was in um, AP English, Advanced Placement English. My teacher, her name's Doris. And we read a collection by Chaucer. And one of it, my interpretation, we, we got to like act out and like perform some of it and like interpret it ourselves, this, this book. I remember going to the library and reading it and like focusing in on it and like being like so stoked. And so we had this project where we got to bring it to life. Do you know, do you know who, what I picked for my name? Mia nudie, like naked, right? So I ran outside naked because I showed up to this, <laughs> to this, I'm awesome. Y'all LJ is cool as fuck, but I showed up to this school project and I, fashioned it so it looked like I was naked I wasn't I had something on but like I had a box that like floated around me (laughs) it looked like I was naked I like to think that you know the shit that I was working on naked running outside I did it twice once at night once during the day um that that I was just channeling Chaucer you know because we laugh it off y'all fuck who gives a fuck if you're naked breathe a nipple like go go to nudist beaches like your body's beautiful big little small stretch marks like don't matter you're gorgeous I'm stunning y'all I'm wicked stunning so laugh it off 
Like, I think art, another one is art is discovering things together, that collaboration, right? It's central. It's key. Three, our art is digging out of the hole, right? Digging out, like growing through that muck, growing through that mire into a beautiful lotus. Reaching towards the sunlight, right? The warmth of the sun. We, we dig out of that hole by sitting, by going slower, by asking ourselves, why am I triggered? I'm not racist. Uh, uh, uh. Everyone's fucking racist a little bit. It's a musical called Avenue Q. Look it up. Great song. Great show. <laughs> Everyone's a little racist. Just to just say, like I did earlier in, in some other episodes, I'm racist. Okay, cool. What does that mean? How do I move through that? You know, what is the root of that? Art is digging out of the hole. Four, look, you know I'm calling some jazz hoes. <laughs> Miles Davis, he said, you make a mistake three times, it's jazz. <laughs> That's it, right? Just call it jazz when I run outside naked. Look, I'm not, you know, unless it's intentional, I ain't running outside naked again. <laughs> Though I do go outside naked on my porch a ton. <laughs> Miles Davis, man. Pee in your pants is cool. Call me Miles Davis. <laughs> it's a quote from a movie. Five, just like own failure, right? Just own it. Failure is the key to success, y'all. Turn it into something awesome. We are it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I was more afraid of? Me, LJ. I was actually more afraid of soaring than I was failing. And I'm flying now, bitches. As, as a society, at least in America, I feel like we have been tapped down by, and I, I wrote a note on this one, by reasons, right, in quotes. And I think the reasons are that we are overly domesticated and contained by society. Now, it, it looks different, um, you know, but I, I really think that there are many ways to be successful as a human. One, first and foremost, just being a human, just being. I think society, again, at least in America, has taken away options. Capitalism has created rigidness. You know, an example of that is gender. Y'all, gender is a construct. And other cultures, even to this day, other, you know, if you, it, I'm not going to get into it because I, I won't get off of it. <laughs> but there's not just two genders, guys. <laughs> there's not, there's, there's really just one. We're all trans. Gender is a construct. Not only that, gender roles that we impose on people, like a man should do this, a woman should do this. One, I'm barefoot in the kitchen right now, but I like it, right? Gender roles are damaging. 
they kill people. They just do. And they kill souls. They kill, they, they, it's so damaging. And I have to stop there to stay in my window of tolerance tonight. We have to let go of expectations that have been forced upon us by societal standards. Fear, y'all. Fear is what keeps us controlled. Storytelling. Now, that's what I'm doing here. Storytelling is time travel. Speaking of Doctor Who, who I, you know, hit up last last episode. In fact, I'm going to quote my friend Daniel, who lives in Atlanta. He's a writer. He's a smarty. He's a cutie. I'm sure he's living his best life. We don't talk anymore much. Maybe we will again. But he sent me an article or some shit. I can't quite remember what it was or how it got to me. But basically, it was like, do you want to know how to time travel? And I'm like, yes, Daniel, how do you time travel? He's like, well, basically, (laughs) sorry, that's your voice, buddy, but (laughs) it is tonight. Basically, you pour a bunch of booze down your throat and boom, you've time traveled. It's the next day. (laughs) I think about that nerd a lot. Because you know what? We are all stories in the end when it's all said and done. Let's make them good ones. That's a quote from Doctor Who. One of my favorite doctors was was Matt Smith, you know, the actor. We are all stories in the end. Let's we can make them a good one right now in this moment. When we focus on our mistakes we repeat them and that's just it that's the law of attraction that's physics y'all that's science if we don't tap into that 95% of our brain which is subconscious which is god and we rely on that 5% which is rooted in fear we don't change we repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Take take LJ, take me for an example when I connected with my dad today. Look at an animal or something that you love, you know? For 3 minutes and and watch as the energy shifts. Cuz it will. It did for me, or I wouldn't be recording right now. I was terrified about filing for bankruptcy, not being able to make my rent, not being able to make my car payment, not being able to pay my insurance, not being able to X, Y, Z, you know, that's what got me down today. And I realized that none of that was true because I already have abundance and it's flowing in. Again, y'all support me, please. And so I sat today and watched that bird for three minutes. And it shifted. Collaboration, community, togetherness, that's our 
superpower. Not just LJ's, not just me who has abundance and is living her best life, creating stories, telling them with you, sharing so we can all have it. Collaboration, community, togetherness is our superpower. I pulled another uh, couple cards today. Um, And one of the cards I pulled is the King of Cups. And I um, wanted to just focus on the, the, so there's in, in this tarot deck, it's the Light Seer's Tarot. I wanted to just focus on the light part, but I really went through both today, light and shadow. And again, shadow is beautiful. Shadow points us to where we're not free yet. And there are moments throughout the day where we're not free. And then we have freedom and then it's fear and then it's impossible and then it's muck and it's mire and then it's beauty again. So I'm just going to read a little bit from both and uh, see if it helps y'all. The light seer part of it is love, emotional intelligence, patience, experience, stability and balance, creativity, diplomacy, someone supportive, being nurturing and a wise leader. The shadow part, and I'm just going to read the part that I actually, you know what, I'll read all of it. Drama king, withdrawn, not in touch with emotions, being triggered, temperamental, and an opportunity to work with the subconscious mind and dive into self-care. He softens his gaze and reaches for his singing bowl. When something unexpected comes into the King of Cups awareness, something that may shake another person's composure and send them into a state of stress or anger, he regulates his emotional state with his mature, practiced, meditative energy. Finding the sweet spot between the empathetic heart and intelligent mind is the key to the successful leadership style. Allow your emotional intelligence to guide you as you seek to marry logic, kindness, and love. If you're in a situation that asks you to navigate tumultuous energies, find your grounded serenity by calmly choosing care and diplomacy over force. And shadow this king can suggest that you may be feeling withdrawn, moody, or temperamental. I was. I was really lonely a bit today. Or you may be losing touch with how others are feeling at this time. Stay clear of situations that feel emotionally manipulative. Instead, seek to understand others through empathy tolerance and compassion and emotional fulfillment will be yours my heart holds deep wisdom and love and i use it to connect and lead 
And this dude on this card <laughs> is cool as fuck. He has really cool gray hair and a really cool beard. And he has a blue crown just like floating above his head. And he's like sitting on the shore with his back to the water. With a singing bowl, which I played today. My singing bowl is beautiful. It's little. It's blue. And he's playing his singing bowl. He's got pretty jewelry on. <laughs> and, and it actually looks like he's not on the shore. It looks like he's kind of floating above the water a bit. Because the water kind of overflows into the ground part that I see. And there are fish swimming around him. Starfish. His eyes are closed. There's a there's a ship sailing away, maybe coming towards him. Hard to say. Perspective, right? And it's beautiful. I also call, pulled a card for my mindfulness deck. It's green and blue. It says, "May I be well" on the front. When I turned it over, it had good advice. Sure helped me today. Hope it helps you. We all want to be safe healthy and happy. So even if it feels a bit self-indulgent, reminding ourselves of this throughout the day is a lovely way to stay in touch with this basic desire. An easy way to do this is to repeat the phrases, may I be well and may I be happy. Let's say those again. May I be well, may I be happy. May I be well. May I be happy. Repeat those to yourself. These words will cultivate a sense of self-care and can bring a feeling of warmth and kindness to even the coldest times. Try incorporating the phrases into your daily routine by repeating them to yourself each morning when you wake up and each evening before you go to sleep. Collaboration community, togetherness is our superpower. That is what you do though. You focus on the thing that you love and then you expand it. When you don't feel like you love yourself, when you don't feel like you love someone else, when you're mad, when you're bugging and thugging and like fucking just fuck, you know? You focus on what you can love and then you expand it. Maybe I love this blade of grass or bird or flowers or weed or maybe you only love a spark you see in somebody else. But the spark in somebody else is you. Right? And then you expand that. For sure I love a cat. <laughs> For sure I love flowers and beauty and community and food that you grow yourself and kindness and X, Y, Z. I sure didn't start out that way. And let me tell you, there are days, and sometimes there are moments within our days, our 24-hour periods, that 
are impossible. That are filled with terror. And you know what you do then? You just look around for the thing that you already love. And you think about that, you know? And that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it gets impossible again. (laughs) And that is the right word, impossible. You know what makes it possible, though? Community. Brothers. Sisters. Fucking siblings. Does the terminology matter? Fucking absolutely it does. There are words we don't use. We can expand on those in this podcast. And I will expand on those in this podcast. (laughs) when it's time but today I focus on beauty I focus on sitting through uncomfortableness and I focus on love in the eyes of others And I hope that you all do too. Because truly the only way out of anything is through, right? Now, we can get on to some time travel and shit later. (laughs) But for today, the only way out is through. And sometimes it feels like, you know, you can't cut through. And when you don't, you look for love in others. You look for the things that are similar. I like hats. I fucking love sunglasses. I fucking love a shawl. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. So you know what I do? Look for that. And I, I think to myself, I bet those people who are wearing hats are similar to me. Only if they like hats. And only if they like shades, right? And then I can see beauty reflected back to me like I'm looking in a goddamn mirror. And that, my friends, is the key. Period. That's the key. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes it is confusing. But really, at the end of the day, the confusion lies in fear. And y'all don't know what fucking fear is? <laughs> pain looking for love, man. Shame is pain that's looking for love. Who says, who says that good shit? Yoda, that man says, <laughs> that alien sure says some good stuff. <laughs> he green as fuck, too. <laughs> He's weird. <laughs> And you know what Yoda would say? We can get a quote and insert that. But I'll say, you sit, man. I think what I just said, actually, is what Yoda said. Try not. (laughs) Just fucking do. I mean, I think that's what he said. 
<laughs> Try not to. Because you've already done it. All of us. Now, does it feel like it? Sometimes, fuck no. I just said that. But we've already done it. We've already lived through shit and muck and mire that is not ours. What's ours is love. Just love, man. I mean, you know, it looks differently a lot of times. But at the end of the day, y'all, it's love. And you lead with it. L-U-V 